0: Listening, to, I said that weird, didn't I? That's oh, well, right. we'll, keep we'll, it we'll carry on. Um, hello. Hello, to, hello. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm auditioning to be a game show host, apparently. Um, <laughs> welcome to We Are History Pod. I'm Angela Barnes
1: and I am John O'Farrell.
0: And, um, now today we are <laughs> doing a subject. John's laughing at me already <laughs> today. I chose today's topic purely because it's, um, about a person whose name. I, hear, I used to you'd hear it all the time and knew nothing about him at all. So I thought that would be interesting. Um, and I am talking about Ethelred the Unready. Right. Right? Yep. Anglo-Saxon king.
1: The longest serving Anglo-Saxon king.
0: The longest king. serving Anglo-Saxon king. Now, despite doing quite a lot of reading about Ethelred the Unready, I still can't say I know an awful lot about him. Well, that's the thing about the Dark Ages. See, this is the thing that I never really took into account. <laughs> being a modern history nerd. Right. Is um where everything was written down. Yeah, so you know?
1: very little is known about Ethelred the Unready. So, yeah. thanks for listening to this week's podcast. And we'll
0: see you next time. <laughs> um so what I thought would be good um is to sort of do a little bit of a a, a background of the time. Okay. And like set the, set scene, the scene a little bit. Angela? Now, this is where, John, you're he's ready to hit, piss at me here, because by setting the scene, I'm going to go back roughly 900 years.
1: 900 years. Um,
0: right. Before Ethelred the Unready. am <laughs> okay. But you'll see why, because...
1: No, this is good. When we I, do... When I we...
0: don't know about you, but I was not taught about this period at school. Uh, well, really. the, the way I
1: was taught history at school was all in weird chunks that didn't link up anyway. Well, yeah, I
0: remember doing the Romans, and I remember yeah. doing the Normans, and yeah. I knew that the Anglo-Saxons sort of did something in between.
1: Yeah. But so when we come to do, you know, a podcast on punk rock, you're going to go back to King John and the Magna Carta (laughs) (laughs) to set the scene, the first crusade. So there
0: was this thing called the Big Bang. The
1: Big Bang, yeah. Dinosaurs died out.
0: Also, before we get started on Ethelred the Unready, I would like to make a heartfelt apology to any Anglo-Saxons or Vikings that are listening for any pronunciations that I may do. It's worth... His same, names I are, think these names that,
1: make it hard to read. I mean, I've read a whole book on him by It's Levi so hard. I've
0: read, uh, did we read the same book? Uh,
1: Ethere the Unbrever by Levi Roach. Yes, Levi that's Roach. what
0: I read. Levi Roach does a very good summary in the beginning of his book, in a sort of preface about yeah. why he's using the forms of the names that yeah, he's so using. they've joined up
1: A's and E's all the way through. The yeah, thongs. and
0: and now I did linguistics degree, so I know a little bit mm. of the old English, you know, your thorns and your this, right. and the other. But what I've done, rather than stick to one version or the other because a lot of them the names were anglicized and have been used with and, an e. yeah is I've sort of mixed and matched <laughs> okay as to okay. depending on what sometimes I was you just reading. change their
1: names to guy or yeah.
0: Keith. <laughs> just depends on what i was reading at the time because okay. there's a lot of um prefixes and suffixes lots of, of, lots the of diphthongs
1: everywhere I and mean, they, they were hunted to extinction diphthongs they used to roam the english countryside <laughs> they were like wild boar and wolves they've all been killed off now the, they the
0: have diphthongs. indeed
1: um, so, so Ethelred the Unready. The other thing, whilst we're talking about names, is yes. Unready. It yes. doesn't mean he wasn't ready. It
0: doesn't mean he was. Yeah, let's get that straight, straight out, out of the, the gate. Way. Poor right. Ethelred
1: the Unready he has got this moniker. Yeah. And um, people are going right, we're all going down the pub now. Ethelred, get your shoes on. Ethelred, <laughs> we're going on a holiday. Have
0: you not packed? So it's not what it mean. doesn't so mean that. It was actually a very, very funny Anglo-Saxon pun uh, <laughs> because his name, Ethelred literally meant well-advised. Uh, unready
1: meant badly
0: Went advised. Badly advised. So it, his name was a pun, was an oxymoron. already. So it was Ethelred.
1: Good, Good counsel. Good
0: counsel. Ethel being good. Um, ready. Ready being yeah. counsel, advice. Uh, advice. And then the um, unready meaning not well advised. Am I being clear here? Ladies and gentlemen,
1: Angela Barnes, Thank big you. comedy store <laughs> yeah. applause for this. Oh, again. his
0: name was <laughs> Ethelred, the unready. This is gold
1: dust. You've got to do this in one of your gigs.
0: <laughs> Literally, his name was good advice, Bad badly advice. Advised. You had to be there.
1: You had to be um, there. Uh, senses of humour have evolved enormously (laughs) since uh, the 960s
0: I do I love an oxymoron there's lots of them my favourites are Happily Married and uh, Fox News very good good. anyway thank you very much military intelligence Um, yes exactly (laughs) fun run that's (laughs) That's another one yes
1: (laughs) so Ethel read the Unready
0: so he pops up in the latter part of what we call the Dark Age. Yes. Uh, presumably called that because they didn't have electricity yet. Yeah, exactly so the right. Dark Ages is this 600 odd years, yeah. roughly, uh, between the Romans Going. Yep. In the um 400s. around AD four ten to yeah. four thirty, around that yeah. sort of period, until Harold gets alive at Hastings. I would say that the,
1: the Dark Ages, in my understanding of it, is they sort of the light gradually comes on as records start to emerge right. under the later Saxons. So we know right, okay. So we do know about for the Great, Nethelred Red the Unready, but we really don't know what was going on in the 500s and 600s. Yeah. Uh, so, because yeah. nothing was written down. Well, you
0: had, you had the odd monk. There's a sixth century yeah. monk, Gildas, is it? I didn't say again, right. the, my pronunciation is going to be all over. Yeah. So you had the odd monk writing yeah. some stuff down. You had your venerable bead.
1: Who's so venerable, he wasn't he? Was so
0: venerable. <laughs> um, when was he? Sort of seventh century around uh, yeah I period, think so. I think, yeah. venerable bead. Um, so you had some records. But very that, little but, literacy. But very, very little literacy, yeah. yes. So, mm. um, during this sort of 600 years that we're... Skipping over, now, we're skipping in a, over here. In a, in a There's a lot of buggering about, right? There's a lots of comings and goings. This is the um, technical
1: term in, that historians use. A lot yeah, of buggering, buggering about.
0: about. So I'm gonna do a little little whiz through this to get us up to where we are with Ethelred. So you've got your Romans before they've landed. You have got your ancient Britons, right? Which yep. are essentially Celts minding yep. their own business, doing their Celtic things, yep. around the country. Swirly, you know, little, swirly tattoos, and, the swelly tattoos, yeah. your Iceni's, your Trigantes, your Brigantes, yeah. all of your tribes, right? Yeah. Then the Romans come along in AD 43-ish right. and they invade. a Thursday. And uh, despite the best efforts of those Britons, the Celts get pushed up to the north.
1: The Celts sort of were sort of uh, occupied by the Romans but they're pushed up by the Saxons.
0: really. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Well, oh okay, I've yeah, got yeah. that. All right then. <laughs> Sorry. I've got that wrong. Now eventually, the Romans disappeared sort of yeah. beginning of the 5th century and about 30 years after the Romans left, that's when you get your Angles, your Jutes and your Saxons start arriving. So you've got yeah. your Hengist and Horsa who are two Jutish
1: Jutish um, uh, mercenaries who were mercenaries. Sort of called over.
0: And They um, arrived at Ebbsfleet, uh, presumably on the Eurostar. Um, and uh, in Kent, your manor. Yeah, that's my manor, Ebb's Fleet, very near to where I was born.
1: I was a bit sorry for the Jutes, because everyone goes, oh, I'm Anglo-Saxon me. No one goes, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm um, Anglo-Jute all yeah. the way through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone forgets about True. the Jutes. So they occupied sort of, Kent was like a Jutish kingdom. Yeah, and the, and the Isle, Isle of Wight was, White. was a little
0: Jutish kingdom. Probably White. still is. Who knows yeah, what's yeah, going no, on down much there? Much has changed since then. yeah. <laughs> So you then have eventually your seven kingdoms of Saxon England, right? So if you yeah. imagine England as we know it now, yeah. you've got your it's called the heptarchy, so you, it's divided into seven. Yeah. This changes. Yeah, it's periodically basically the, obviously.
1: T- the ITV regions, isn't it? You got, yeah, Anglia, got with yeah, East ce- Anglia,
0: Essex, Cellular Kent-
1: Century up there. <laughs> and then Television Southwest is one. Yeah. And then Granada, you've got. So you that's know,
0: Wessex. Wessex. Television yeah. Southwest. Granada is your Northumbria. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then Mercia. Then the crossroads from Mercia. Mercia
0: in the Midlands. <laughs> So East Anglia, Essex, Kent, Mercia, Northumbria, Sussex, and Wessex.
1: Sussex. Now these are uh, sec sex. This suffix sex is for Saxon. So Wessex was <laughs> the was West Saxon. That. Sorry, what
0: was that? The suffix sex is from Saxon.
1: What? The, uh, so Wessex, <laughs> the Saxons of the West. Yes. Essex, the Saxons of the East. Sussex, the Saxons of the South. But they changed it to sex from Sax just to make it harder for female history teachers to keep order a thousand years later. <laughs> what is it, Miss? Sussex. <laughs> Sussex. Sussex,
0: Sussex. Oh, Miss So you've got your seven kingdoms and the power sort of fluctuated between them. So sometimes the King of Kent would be the most yep. powerful, sometimes Mercia, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, And then there were other sort of subdivisions of those kingdoms. Ge-
1: generally, well. Wessex was the most powerful and dominant, I think. Yeah. Or maybe we have just as Southerners. Occasionally, Mercia was. Yeah, I think as Southerners, we've sort of tended to em- emphasise Wessex. That's why we sort of remember Alfred the
0: Great and uh, and, uh, who was a king of Wessex who then went on to become king of the Britons. So the unification of the Seven Kingdoms happened over. Over a long time in the sort of eighth, ninth century, so Athelstan,
1: the grandson of King Alfred, was the one who was uh, king of all Britons. He had a coin. Yes. He had a coin minted where Rex Tutis Britannicus or whatever. Athelstan deser- deserves more um, coverage than he gets in our history. He was possibly a greater king than Alfred, um, mm. the grandson. But he was the one who sort of uh, conquered right up to York, and they were very shocked at uh, that his kingdom should extend that far because yeah. were, This wasn't the idea of the idea of being British as a as a, as a thing was that it was not existent then. You know. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I've just got Tolly's just farted.
1: <laughs> oh, my dog has farted. Uh, from my rather boring historical point about Athens than not getting... <laughs> so, yeah, and then the Danes, the Danes.
0: So, from around 800 AD... The Vikings. You get the Vikings start coming in different... And there's just loads of different waves of assaults over the next yeah. century or so. Um, coming from Denmark, some from Norway. Norway. Um, but mostly the Danes. And the Danes settled here. And they had settlements across...
1: The East Coast. and the East Coast.
0: Yeah. Um, but they were seen as being, they didn't invade and take over the British kingdoms, the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms. They were seen as being separate yeah. kingdoms, which became known later as the, the Danelaw.
1: They were very different to uh, anything that had come before. They weren't Christian, of course, which was no. a big difference. And they had different sort of rules of engagement to European
0: They were very lords. rapey and There would
1: be plenty of historians who would, to say today would say that is the Anglo-Saxon history we've had written up about mm. them because everyone was very rapier and pillagy back then. Well, yes, but it was true that their rules of war were particularly brutal, and you don't get a second chance to make a first impression.
0: You, you don't. don't. No, <laughs> and uh, no. they had
1: this thing called the blood eagle where they would uh, rip out your lungs and stretch them under your arms and pin you to trees, you know, which was not <laughs> something to endear you to the locals. No. Um, but they
0: did w- they impale? Because that's what we love. No, no, no that.
1: impaling. I we love a bit of impaling. <laughs> they have got any <laughs> impaling yet. That comes later. <laughs> okay. um, they would um, tie locals to the tree and use them for target practice. They were very savage.
0: Yeah. So they had their little settlements yep. in, uh, and um, King Alfred came along.
1: King of the Saxons. King
0: of the Saxons. Whose name means wise elf.
1: Wise elf. I
0: think is quite he's a, nice. Uh, red, wise. Oh yeah. As we know. Alf, elf. Oh okay. Alfred's Wise Elf. It's there you go. It doesn't better. sound quite so great. Does no, no. Wise Elf. Alfred the Great. You see why he went with that. But anyway, um, he signed a treaty with the Viking ruler of East Anglia, Guthram. Uh, who was Guthrum, to enshrine this enshrine this separation between the Danelaw and the Anglo-Saxon. Yeah.
1: Germans so if you, if you've law. seen Game of Thrones, it was just like that. There were dragons everywhere. <laughs> you know, princesses walking around topless. It was basically you, you've pictured it from seeing
0: right. Game of Thrones.
1: You know I've what never it looks like.
0: Game of <laughs> um, don't tell him myself. So the Danes mostly occupy the north and the east of England. So here we are. We're uh, Alfred the Great. We're still a hundred years away from uh, Angela Ethelred. But we're getting there. <laughs> this is a long closer. introduction. John, he'll get here when he's ready. Oh, hey. very good, Ethelred.
1: We're still waiting hey. you to arrive at this podcast, mate. We're ten minutes in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to I just wanted to hammer home where we're at. So we've got Romans have been and gone. Anglo-Saxon Jutes have been settled in England. Yep. England's largely Anglo-Saxon, but the Danish Vikings turned up and they stayed. So now we're coming into the cent- tenth century. 1910 AD, Edward the Elder is the son, oldest son of Alfred the Great, right? Um, hence the Elder. Okay, right, it's clever, isn't it? What they did, yeah, really? yeah. Um, he and his sister raided Danish East Anglia, okay, and they brought back the relics of St. Oswald, which oh, apparently is it when a big do. old oh, deal. I hate it
1: when people take relics, right?
0: Apparently, that's a big deal. During that time, they took back most of the Danelaw mm-hmm. so. Things were hotting up again between the Vikings and the Anglo-Saxons, who for a little while had sort of coexisted in this place. Okay. Edward the Elder had a son, Ethelstan. He fought what's said to be one of the bloodiest battles ever fought on British soil. Um, And he defeated a combined army of Scots, Celts, Danes and Vikings. To claim the title of King of all Britain, so okay. this is the first time. Yeah, all those ki- seven kingdoms united. Yeah, have been united. Yeah, and uh, and it's the first time those um, Anglo-Saxon kingdoms sort of worked together against a common yes, enemy. Yes. So that was quite a big deal. So that battle happened. The battle of Oh God, I'm going I'm to say it. Thank you. Brunhilda. Nine three seven. Nine three seven. So, indeed. Yeah. yeah. After Athelstan dies in nine three nine. He is succeeded by his half-brother, Edmund the Magnificent. Oh,
1: well, he had a good PR agency, didn't, didn't he? Didn't yeah. eh? We don't really remember Edmund the Magnificent.
0: I think he maybe overreached himself I there. think he might have In done. He so we don't... went out for the great, yeah. All yeah. right, we'll take I that. I mean, he's saying something, isn't it, that we're all more familiar with an unready than we are with a magnificent. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. You had Edred, who came next. He was also a son of Edward the Elder. And he got rid of the last Scandinavian king of York, which was Eric Bloodaxe.
1: These Vikings had good names, they didn't they? had much
0: better names.
1: Bloodaxe.
0: We'll come on to some really good ones. His gay brother,
1: bit. Olaf Tidyhouse. <laughs> 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 um, they uh, did say what they did on the tin, did, didn't, didn't they? they really? yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so Bloodaxe was expelled in 954. And then we come on to Edwig. Is that right? Edwig? 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 I, I've seen Edwig. Ed- it Ed- in different right, ways. Yeah,
1: another diphthong there, probably.
0: He was the eldest son of Edmund the Magnificent. Quite young. Yeah. And St. Dunstan, who you may have heard mm. of, was a... Uh, well,
1: Dunstan features quite a lot in Ethelred the Unready, which is what this podcast is about. Is about. <laughs>
0: we get to... John come on
1: he was the Archbishop of Canterbury he was
0: right? the Archbishop of Canterbury yeah. he and, and he still he still remembered
1: down in Greenwich actually there's still stuff to him down there he was yeah. a martyr down there
0: he caught Edwig shagging some woman <laughs> after his coronation okay and then, this was uh, and then dragged him away from the woman and forced him to go to the banquet at his coronation Dammit. so Edwig had him in exile Dunstan also didn't approve of Edwig's marriage because right. it was said that his wife was in inverted commas too related to oh, him
1: okay where it's the countryside, I'll, it's the olden days. Eventually, You're marrying your um, sister, it was good enough for your mother and I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. uh, You then had uh, the youngest son of Edmunds, the Magnificent, took over from Edwig, so um, yeah. Edwig dies. This is like
1: the beginning of the Bible. Be- it is, you know, isn't it? Your Job begat this, begat you, begat them, and it's like...
0: <laughs> You'll be glad to know, John, that Edgar the Peaceful, who I'm about to talk about... is right,
1: the last one, is he? He is
0: the father of Ethelred. Hey, we're, getting, we're there. getting there,
1: we're getting there. Right? Right.
0: Edgar the Peaceful turns up. Yep. Um, now, Edgar had been in dispute with his... Brother Edwig, the right. one who got caught shagging by the Archbishop yep. of Canterbury, um, over the succession to the throne for some years. So they were half brothers. Um, at this time, there seems to be a lot of you know kings had many marriages. Right. They well, to, on average, have three or four marriages. So therefore, there's a lot of half brothers. Yeah.
1: Resistance. Yeah. And, yes. That, I saw the family tree of the Saxons, and it was lines going all over the place.
0: Absolutely. It's and all not, names
1: you they're all impossible so, so to the remember. The
0: lines of succession are far from. Yes. Here. yeah Yeah. Um, which is why there's a lot of conflict over, over. Yeah. So Edgar the Peaceful, in inverted yeah. Commons, um, he immediately recalled Dunstan from exile. Yeah. Um, because Edwig died, his brother who he contested the throne with died mysteriously. Okay. I'm not saying... All right, he, all right. But, you know. So he recalls Dunstan from exile, makes him Archb- Archbishop of Canterbury, Um. Later on, Edgar the Peaceful actually goes on to kill his love rival, which is not okay. that peaceful, but we will come back to that in a bit. Now, as I've said, Edgar the Peaceful is the father of Ethelred the Unready, who this podcast is about. Eventually. So we are about <laughs> to get onto him. I think we should take a little break, yeah. exile a couple of bishops, yeah, and then we'll come back and we'll actually talk about Ethelred the Unready. Oh, and...
1: right. I'm looking forward what to that, Andy? Angela.
0: <laughs> how, about how long have we done?
1: We've done about an hour and a half, I think.
0: Okay, cool. That's fine then. Let's take a break. See you in a bit. Okay, we're back. John, should you have a nice break?
1: Very nice, thank you. Yeah, I was just... uh, You exiled your bishop? I exiled a bishop or two. I've... um... (laughs) Yeah, I've got my old horned helmet on for the second half when the Vikings turn now, up. Now, you
0: know as well as I do, they didn't wear horned helmets. They didn't wear I... horned helmets. They
1: might have had some for ceremonial purposes. Yeah. That's why uh, but... I thought
0: we'd say that because otherwise, somebody will tweet us. Yeah, yeah. find they did No, didn't they, they had some
1: helmet. ceremonial helmets with antlers or horns, um, but that may have even been sort of Germanic Saxons mm. rather than Vikings. But does that stop Scandinavian football fans today wearing inflatable horned helmets? No, it doesn't. No... No,
0: anyway, you're, you're talking about Vikings now. Stop confusing these poor right. people who are trying to make sense of Anglo-Saxon history. <laughs> the Vikings come into it. <laughs> we were talking before the break about Edgar the Peaceful. Okay, so he was... Um... Ethelred the Unready's father. Yep. And Ethelred the Unready's mother was Edgar's second, possibly third wife,
1: Elfrith. Shortage of vowels in those days. There was. there had been a sh- famine, a vowel Elfthrit. famine. <laughs> That's
0: how I'm going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so Edgar himself, Ethelred's father, yeah. uh, he was orphaned quite young, and he was fostered by an alderman of East Anglia called Ethelstan, because oh, their right. names all sound the same. Yeah, okay. And his wife, Elfwin. And so the young king to be had these foster parents. And at 16, Edgar was married to his foster mother's daughter. And they had a son. (laughs) Okay. Called Edward the Martyr, which they probably shouldn't have called him because it was asking for trouble. (laughs)
1: He's going to die young, isn't he, Edward the
0: Martyr? Well, you know, let's not, not, no spoilers. (laughs) No spoilers, okay.
1: What's going to happen with Edward the Martyr? Edgar? Edgar the Martyr?
0: Edgar was ostensibly a very religious man. Now, as often is the case with ostensibly very religious men, he was also a bit of a filthy perv. Right. Was Edgar the Peaceful. Um, Not long after he got married, he kidnapped, virtually imprisoned, and impregnated a nun called Wolfrith. Okay. Um, Now... Later on, as penance for this crime, he, under strong suggestion from the Archbishop of Canterbury, St Dunstan, uh, refused to wear his crown for seven years. <laughs> Typical patriarchy, rape and impregnate a nun, just don't wear a hat for a bit, fine. <laughs> right. um, wolf with herself, the nun, she remained the nun and she had a daughter... Um, who was also brought up as a nun, and both of them were made saints. So Okay, well, everyone's happy. Everyone's happy.
1: I mean, becoming a saint back then, it was like the X Factor, wasn't it? Yes. Who's going to apply to be a saint? And, you know, they have a little competition. Who's the most pious? (laughs) You are going to go to the Vatican. Yes, it's been my dream.
0: So, Edgar the Peaceful's first wife, sort of foster sister... Right yep. like, of his, she died. So in nine sixty three, Edgar starts looking for a new wife. He's also got a foster brother called Ethelwald, their mates, and Edgar gets word of this hottie that's out there called Alfrith. Okay, Alfrith. Okay, Alfrith. <laughs> She's a complete woman. <laughs> Try say it. Apart from apart a few, uh, O's <laughs> age name He's a, <laughs> a bit busy. Okay. Edgar. Right. Yep. So he says to. His uh, mate Ethelwald yeah. says, "Why don't you go and have a look at this woman? Okay. Right, if she's as hot as everyone says she is, tell yeah. her I'll marry her. Okay, right. So you go and have a look at her. All right, if she's hot, tell her King Edgar's going to marry you. Right, all right. Ethelwald goes and had a look. Turns out she was pretty fit. Okay. So Ethelwald. This is all in the we- Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, is it? This is all. It's all there. <laughs> so he did what anyone would do. He came back to Edgar. Yeah. He said, "Now, nah, mate, she's a minger. I right. married her himself. Oh. It's like Love
1: Island, isn't it? Yeah." It's there.
0: So, Ethelwald has married the beautiful yeah, Elfrith. Right. Edgar gets wind of what's happened, decides to go and pay Ethelwald and Elfrith right, a visit. Right, right. Ethelwald starts panicking because obviously he knows his wife's hot and he says to her, Can you try and ugly it up a bit when he I, gets oh, it? Otherwise, okay. I'm in trouble, right? Okay. And she refuses like a, a and opera. actually does the opposite. Yeah. So Edgar comes to visit, becomes besotted with her because she's so beautiful. Okay. And so he goes out on a hunt with Ethelwald, his yep. half brother. Oh no! And kills him by javelin to the back.
1: Okay. This is um, this is all you know quite extreme for quite you, extreme. you took my girlfriend. I was going to go out with her, and you're going out with her. So I'm gonna but kill I want her, so right. I'll kill javelin you, you in
0: the back. By the way, I'm king. So yeah. uh, There's actually a place, a plaque in the place um, where this murder was supposed to have happened. Um, which was put up in Victorian times um in Hampshire called Dead Man's Plaque. Okay. Um some historians say that this is just a romantic tale and it's not, not that romantic true. to me, to be honest. Well, well it depends <laughs> depends how you look at romance. Um but I like a bit of soap opera style yeah. crimes of passion, so I'm gonna go with it. We'll stick with it. So Edgar, when he was uh, ha- he had a proper coronation as yeah. King of England, which is yeah. the first yeah, this is, this proper coronation. This is coronation. good
1: background. This is good.
0: <laughs> so we're getting there. We're, we're gonna get to Ethelred. Ethelthryth yep. was crowned queen of the kingdom of England, and that's quite important because that was the first time that happened okay. in the same way that she was crowned queen of England because of being yeah. the wife, yeah. person crowned king of England. So this is how Ethelred the Unready's parents got together. Right now, he was born around 966 okay. AD. You can remember um, the
1: 960s; it was a great time to be young.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you remember
1: the 960s, you weren't there,
0: man. <laughs> now his father Edgar the peaceful, in yeah. inverted uh, died in 975 okay. when Ethelred was about nine years old. Um, but Ethelred, if you remember, had this older brother. Yeah, half, half-brother the Martyr, or yeah, half-brother? Yeah, yeah. From Edgar's first one. So who's going to be king? Well, there were disputes over this uh, because his father, Edgar, before he died, hadn't acknowledged who the heir would be. Yeah. Now, it, it's not a simple case as the oldest one is the no. heir because his wife is the queen, so her son. Yeah, yeah. We've got Team Edward the Martyr, and Team the Unready. Oh,
1: I see trouble coming.
0: Right. Now, at the time, they're just young boys. So they didn't really have anything to do with this debate. They were just sat there. They
1: were being used as pawns in this power game. Yeah, they were the, just playing the Minecraft the or whatever. And, yeah, yeah. You know, just the letting Minecraft everyone goes argue about, that about far, it. it. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so you had your Archb- Archbishop of Canterbury, yeah, uh, Dunstan, oh, Dunstan yeah. and Oswald of York. Okay. Uh, the Archbishop of York. They favoured, they were Team Edward. Right. Um, and so he was ultimately crowned. King of England, Edward the Martyr. How long is this going to last? Angela? Well, his name's Edward the Martyr, so yeah, I don't clue, know. That might it? be a it's clue. Um, but, so, however, at the same time on Team Ethelred, yeah, you've got his mum, Ethelred's mum, pushy mum, yeah, pushy, pushy mum, mum, stage school mum, yeah, okay. you know that's my boy should be up there. Um, she was the queen dowager, and she had the bishop of Winchester and the alderman of Mercia, who was oh, a big deal on her side, right?
1: So, invites him down to Corfe Castle. Well,
0: they did. So they yeah, nine seven eight. King Edward gets an invite to go and visit. Ethelred and his mum at Corfe Castle, yeah, yeah. Uh, down in Somerset, uh, Dorset, Dorset, uh, yeah, Dorset. It's still there, isn't it? Yes, yeah, uh, all yeah. the remains of it. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. No, it's
1: not quite as uh, inhabitable as it was back then. Obviously. Yeah, yeah.
0: You wouldn't want to Airbnb it. <laughs> he arrived in 978 in uh, Corfe Castle and was. Done away with.
1: He's got, basically, they they rushed up to him on his horse and pretended to be uh, uh, showing great respect, but then they pulled him from his horse, stabbed him to death.
0: It's contested how or by whom. Yeah, it was probably arranged
1: by. Uh, almost uh, certainly Ethered arrived by
0: by Ethelred's mum, Elf. Yeah, <laughs> the the pushy mum. The pushy mum who actually did the deed, we don't know. Nobody was ever punished for it. No. Um, and back in those days,
1: if so, Ethelred comes to the throne but back in those days if you came to the throne by ill means or you were seen to be not entirely sort of uh, justified in your inheritance of the crown it was thought to bring great bad luck upon your reign. yes main. yes so absolutely. what should happen
0: so well so edward the martyr's been martyred <laughs> at this point <laughs> it was he, nominative and nominative. also as well we said you know he's only like 15 16 know, years that. old so it's it's all times. pretty brutal isn't yeah, it yeah um some historians think he might have been killed by his own advisors. Oh, yeah, because they um, they'd been so horrible to him when he was little. Because they have been so horrible yeah, to him that. when he he got yeah. the crown. Now he was coming into majority at 15. You were old enough to be king. Yeah. Um. They and, were worried and, and he was going to take mope, his revenge. And get a moped. <laughs> and get a moped. They <laughs> were <laughs> <laughs> Buy a lottery ticket. Um, they were worried he was going to, um. Yeah. you know, take some revenge on them. So there's some people think they might have killed him. Yeah. Um, it was said he was an angry little boy, yeah, Edward no, the no, But
1: One of the reasons they didn't, that some people favoured uh, Ethelred, was a better temper. Yeah, so he the, was the older brother prone with, to
0: fits of rage. But isn't that just being a 16 door, year old boy? I don't know. I yeah, hate you, exactly. mum. I wish you were dead. <laughs> 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 um, so the, he was given the title Martyr because he was seen as a victim of his stepmother's ambitions okay. for her son, for Ethelred. Okay. Uh, but nobody was ever punished. So on the 18th of March. Nine seven eight, our hero. 979, nine, seven, nine, I think it is, isn't it? Is it? I've got so. nine seven eight on oh, my notes. I
1: noticed that he was crowned. Maybe this is. Maybe it is nine seven eight. but he was crowned, or his ah. his consecration yes. was on the fourth of May, nine seven nine, which is exactly a thousand years before Maggie walked into Downing Street <gasps> to the day. To
0: the day, fourth of May,
1: seventy nine. So when we do the one on Maggie, I can go back
0: to You can go back Ethered, to this link back, um, uh, we can do all this again. again yeah. <laughs> this time go all the way up for the next thousand years. So Ethelred's taken the throne. Due to his youth, his mother probably yeah. acted as regent until he was 15, which was the age of majority. Up till then, the king and his mother had a close relationship with the Bishop of Winchester, who was their main advisor. Yeah. When the bishop died in 984, Ethelred took the reins and sort of sidelined his mum. Yeah, and away. she sort of sent
1: away and she didn't really appear much for Ray after she this. She didn't. Day. She
0: turned up to look after one of these kids at some point, but she uh, rarely visited. She was sort People of out are of the picture. Look after your mum, guys. Yeah, yeah,
1: don't yeah. Your
0: just ask, don't need you anymore. Cast her yeah. aside. Now, let's go back to the Danes. Remember oh, them? Oh, yeah,
1: Danes and the Vikings. So
0: while this is all going on in the Saxon kingdom, yeah. you've still got your Danes in the Dane Law. Yeah, They've mostly been minding their own business Well, they've settled
1: as... They started as raiders, but settled as farmers. They settled
0: as farmers. Any, any
1: place name with in the end, or Thorpe at the end, or mm-hmm. Ness at the end. These are Viking suffixes, settlements. So. Yeah,
0: in the nine eighties, you've got Ethelred's on the throne now. He's the proper king. Yeah, now, and um, that's when the, the over the, the preceding century. I mean, one of the reasons Ethelred's dad was called Edgar the Peaceful was because there weren't really many Viking ra- yeah, raids. Yeah, look him his. really because um, there's nothing
1: you can do to control who's coming across the North Sea in their longboats
0: yeah exactly so it has um, been quite quiet but suddenly these raids started up again yeah. um, they started up uh, on the coast of Hampshire Thanet Devon and Cornwall yeah um, I mean the Vikings went all over
1: Europe actually They Ireland uh, oh yeah yeah Dublin, Dublin they were in uh, um, up the river Seine they burnt down Paris to avenge a particularly rude waiter yeah. um, <laughs> they went uh, to the Mediterranean they went into modern Russia so they were incredible seafarers um were the first uh, people to um, land on Iceland and colonize Iceland. There've been no humans on Iceland before they settled there, and they're still there to yeah. this day, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had settlements in Greenland and um, yeah. discovered North America. So they spread
0: themselves uh, out. They're impressive. Yeah, they were very impressive. Flat
1: pack boats, you see.
0: Um, <laughs> so for two years, these raids were pretty constant. Yes. Um, and in the meantime, Ethelred he got married um, to Elfgifu, Elf Giffum.
1: Just make it, it? I,
0: I mean, that's definitely not right. They had children, one of whom was Edmund Ironside. More of him oh, later. Yeah, um, and not to be confused with Ironside, the detective in a wheelchair. Okay, I'll bear that in mind. just so you know. <laughs> and uh, the, it was played by the same person who played Perry Mason, wasn't it? I th- Maybe I, can't remember. I don't I can't remember. know. Um, anyway, during these raids, um, the Normans gave shelter to the Danes, so the Normans, uh, the Danes, sorry, would raid. Britain, Britain and, and then, then go back over to, to Normandy where yeah. they'd be offered shelter. Normandy being a
1: historic Viking settlement anyway. Norman, yeah. meaning those man from the north. Yeah. And that, I believe, was the first... You might be coming up to this, but the mm-hmm. involvement with Normandy is the beginnings of uh, political interaction between... Between the, Normandy uh, yeah, and... Which ends Second up Kingdom. with We the Conqueror sort of yeah, a century later. Which,
0: exactly. It was the Pope, John the fifteenth. Oh, yeah. Um, he sort of stepped in to broker a peace between... Normandy and, and Britain at that time. So leave it. So I went, leave it, lads. not worth it. Yeah, yeah, we all, all, all had a few drinks. Exactly. So that peace was ratified in Rouen okay. in um, 991. Okay. Now, in 991, a big old Viking fleet rocked up in Folkestone. Yeah. Oh you're getting back um, to your youth It really is going back to my youth We used to, groups of us from Maidstone used to rock up in Folkestone um, <laughs> Quite often I wonder if they also went to the Rotunda Amusement Park And La Parisienne Nightclub, I don't know That's what we used to do when we I rocked bet up in Folkestone But they didn't wreak the havoc
1: that you and your mates
0: did Yes, Parisian, La Parisienne Nightclub uh, Was where I first learnt that arches and Lemonade taste the same on the way down as it does on the way up <laughs> oh, There God. you go it Sounds so sophisticated, doesn't I it? I was, La but, Parisienne, it was a meat not. market I think it's <laughs> shut down now, how sad <laughs> Um, so they, and they worked, so they arrived in Kent and they worked their way up the coastline to Essex and they occupied a place called the Island, oh, which is yes, in the um, estuary of the river Blackwater. I've read about
1: this battle. Essex. There's a battle here,
0: isn't there? Well, this is, yes. So about a mile away yeah. is Malden, uh, the place where the posh salt. From. Well, that's probably what they were there for. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, they go, it's we're we're fighting some, for that. It's, oh, it's, it's good good organic chip. salt from Waitrose. I mean, good, you're gonna put it. <laughs> <up. laughs>
1: so this bat this 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 uh, island yes. had a causeway. Yes, and there was a uh, it was a tide, it was covered in the high tide. You couldn't get across from the island, but at low tide yeah. you, can you can could get. You could walk across. Yeah, so the Anglo Saxons on the land, thought it wasn't fair that they could attack them uh, via the causeway. It wouldn't be a fair battle unless they waited yeah. and let them come across the causeway yeah. um, and have a fair pitch battle on the land. So they waited for the tide to go down. Like, Over oh, you come. Come, come on, on then. Come on, let's, let's get, let's get let's this let's... done. we are all here. we are all here. Let's... <laughs> right, I think we can have the battle now. Oh, you've massacred oh, you've us. Oh, <laughs> you
0: absolutely killed us. <laughs> yeah. was, it was a fellow called Brythnoff.
1: Yes. Um, yes, he was a local. Um, he
0: was um, stationed there in uh, Mulder with this company of thanes and um, this battle ensued, like you say, they waited for the water to go down for spirit of British fairness. Um, <laughs> so ridiculous! And, and, and attempted to defend the Essex coast, and it was doomed. Yeah, and from that killed, point, they're... the battle itself is the subject of a famous Anglo-Saxon poem. poem. Yes, I, I swear um, to about that. the Battle of Malden. And um, there's any fragments that survive. I understand there's only the only bit. the middle section survives, and yeah. then that that. Original manuscript in the middle section uh, was destroyed in a fire at Ashburnham House, which is an unfortunate name. Ashburnham, (laughs) yes. What a place Um. for a fire to destroy documents. Um, The poem had been transcribed though, so the transcriptions still remain. um, And it's thought to be contemporary of the time that the poem was written because the way it refers to Ethelred in the poem was in a very sympathetic way, which had it been written later. Probably With the hindsight. So, a lot of With our hindsight. history of
1: Ethelred is written after his reign. Yes. So, it's all, everything's through the uh, lens of. Um, Incompetence. Yeah. And, spoiler alert. Yeah, things don't yeah, get any better, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas you know, someone like Alfred the Great, I think some of that was written at the con- contemporary when, yeah. when Alfred was still alive. So all the historians go, oh, "Well, just saying how great, great you are, you Your are. Majesty." Oh, gee, brilliant. Yes. So, yeah. So this does, you know, our, the also, sources and the motivations for the, who was writing what is yeah. a major factor in how we understand
0: these people. Um, interestingly, I think uh, J.R.R. Tolkien right. was an Anglo-Saxon scholar. Yeah. And he wrote a modern sequel to the. Um, the poem, the Battle of Malden All called right. the Homecoming of Beothnoth's Beothelms Oh, Be, Be, flipping it! Yeah, see, Look it, it up. It's, yeah. it's, I'm sure it's good. The
1: Homecoming of Biothnoth Beothelm's son. son.
0: Thank you. See, you've got to
1: you got to get better names you, for that uh, when you're yeah. when you're doing a. When you're doing a writing something, people you, you you write down a name, and sometimes the uh, director will go, "That's just a tongue twister. You can't yeah, you that can't means, do that. Just change that character's name. It's too annoying."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the upshots of the defeat of the Battle of Malden, yep, is that the Archbishop of Canterbury, who this time um, was Sigeric the Serious. <laughs> Which, which is what you want your archbishop to yeah, be. Yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Pretty serious. You don't want someone mucking about. I he no, was you, serious.
1: I don't really fancy listening to one of his sermons.
0: <laughs> so he advised Ethelred that he should buy off the Vikings. Okay. Um, because these armed conflicts weren't really working out well, for the Britons. Um, so 10,000 Roman pounds of silver, which is about 3,300 oh, kilograms of silver, that's a lot, isn't it? was paid. To the
1: Vikings. Yeah, okay, and it should be said that paying off Vikings was something that goes right back to Alfred the Great. It was yes. a, it was a, because yeah. no, Ethelred the Unready gets a, a bad press. But, but It
0: had been, this. It, it was later called Dane you yeah. might have known it as Danegeld, which was, that was a phrase not termed till the 11th century, but that's essentially yes. what they were doing. It was paying tribute to the Danes for peace. Yes, basically. There's, a, there's, a,
1: there's a famous, um, Rudyard Kipling poem about Ethelred the Unready. It says, But we've proved it again and again that once you have paid him the Dane Geld, you never get rid of the Dane. Mm. So it's like blackmail never works. You always end up being the victim.
0: Three years later, uh, the Danes came back. This time they're led by the Danish king, Swain Forkbeard. Their names are so much better. Any distinguishing features of Swain Forkbeard? He had a little blemish (laughs) on the top of his right eyebrow, maybe. I don't know. And uh, the soon to be king of Norway, Olaf Tryggvason. Now somewhere Trig-Vesson. in all of these is also
1: uh, uh, Harold Bluetooth. I think he was yes. uh, he was one of these guys, and that's where we get Bluetooth Had really good from.
0: connectivity. Yes, because
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, he because he, cause he um, united Denmark and Norway, Harold Bluetooth was used as the name for our Bluetooth well, yeah. for our phones. And the logo you have on your computers are the runes of uh, that particular of, Viking of king. king. Yeah,
0: that's so like little sort of facts. pointy
1: B is B and B the thing we'll join yeah up. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. A little bit of computer history, there you Viking go. history. It's all, it all connects. Look, um, Unlike my Bluetooth, in
0: fact. <laughs> so the Danes came back, and the Norwegians came. Yeah, Vikings, and uh, they were paid off again. Um, but the king of Norway, Olaf Tryggvason, he was paid off on the condition that he would be baptised into Christianity, which he was. And Ethelred was his godfather. Yeah, and uh, promised never to return, which okay. he didn't. Okay. Um, some of the Viking fleet remained in Britain and were employed by Ethelred as mercenaries to fight off further invasions. Um, however, the Danes sort of realized around this time that extorting money from the Britons yeah. <laughs> was better than just plundering their land. Like they were yeah. getting it was easier yeah, in yeah. many ways. Um so the, these raids continued and continued into the late 990s. Nine yeah. So for a good decade. Um and some of the mercenaries that Ethelred had employed, these ex-Vikings. Then turned back against Ethelred, um, you know, because they went where the money was, obviously. Right, but as always. Um, so eventually, Ethelred was enough is enough, and he refused to pay any more tributes, and the fleet in 1000 AD fled for Normandy. So the um, millennium. First millennium, look at that. Yeah. The fleet regularly returned to its base on the Isle of Wight. Then Ethelred darted up in 1002 AD, so just two years later, started paying Dane girls again because they were threatening Right. To invade again. So he bought a truce. Um the Danes then kidnapped the Archbishop of Canterbury. They were given seventeen thousand nine hundred kilograms of silver wow. in his return. So it's
1: got metric now.
0: It's got oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was not pounds. I've just Every... got the uh... <laughs> they... Oh Tolly the dog's to dog going mad. Is there someone so at, at the door? A there now. Paying all of this Dane girls, yes. you know, despite it having gone on for years, not to the extent that Ethelred was just handing money uh, yeah. over hand over fist to them so he's starting to make him look a bit weak yeah um, but some historians argue he had little choice yeah. really because if he didn't pay them then he's gonna risk losing people livestock crops you yeah. know it, yeah he exhausting. didn't choose
1: to um, he didn't choose to have all these Vikings turning up uh, uh, on his shores you know if you're gonna reign for a long time like he did there's gonna be calamities that yeah befall you
0: exactly so in a um, thousand and two ad um ethelreds he thought that after a decade of raids, the objective now for the Danes was to take over the kingdom. He said, right. they the keep raiding. Yeah. They obviously want to take over. we are got to do something. So at that point, he ordered the St. Brice's Day Massacre.
1: Oh, now this is infamous.
0: This is infamous. Yeah,
1: so this is our own British sort of random massacre, really. Some historians view it as a sort of early ethnic cleansing mm-hmm. when um, Danish... Inhabitants, some of several generations, were mm-hmm. all ordered murdered by uh, Ethelred and his uh, agents. Yep. So across the country, people were put to death, yep. heads crushed under cartwheels, children thrown down wells. Uh, whole families decapitated uh, So orgy of violence against uh, all Scandinavians Absolutely. in the there's a
0: place in Oxford um, apparently where in 2008 the skeletons of 34 to 38 young men all aged 16 to 25 were found during an excavation yeah it was believed to be part of the St Bryce's Day massacre which started on the 13th of November St Bryce's Day I've never heard of Actually. St Bryce's Day Until he read was about this a, oh gosh I read about he was a 5th century monk maybe okay I think I did read about him but not they enough did, to they did dish out the sainthoods
1: November. back then didn't they
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah! Everyone was a saint. If you, I think, if you did a prayer, you were probably a saint.
1: But um, but in killing all these Scandinavians, um, the, um, the, the 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 people working on behalf of Ethelred killed Sven Forkbeard's sister Gunhilde.
0: which was a diplomatic error. Yes, uh, King uh, Svein Forkbeard, obviously the king of Denmark, his sister Gunhilda was indeed among the victims. Could have been a bit played a part in the motive for his invasion the following year. Yeah. Meanwhile, just as a little aside to this, in uh, the same year as the St. Brice's Day massacre took place, uh, Ethelred's first wife has died and he's now married Emma of Normandy, Uh, uh, who is the sister of Richard II, Duke of Normandy. And they had more children. One of whom uh, went on to be Edward the Confessor. So that
1: brings the Normans into the bloodline.
0: Brings of, the Normans yeah. into the bloodline. Yeah, yeah. Which will, you know, have, yeah, be yeah. another podcast. Sometime. That sows the seed for 1066 no. and all that. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so going back to where we are, we're in now uh, 1000 and thought 1003 A.D. Yeah. Um, Swain invaded, and by the following year, he got to East Anglia. Where, oh God, here we go. There's a nobleman no, of East Anglia and his name is Ulfsetel Schnillinger.
1: Okay, Schnillinger.
0: Schnillinger. Uh, he was a nobleman and he met Swain in East Anglia with his forces, um, but ultimately was defeated outside Thetford. Oh, they, yeah. They, Thetford is on the A11. There's a centre park. Oh, oh, well, that's
1: probably where they were headed.
0: Probably where they were going. <laughs> um, but he did make a bit of a dent in the Danish invaders. He caused them some heavy losses. Uh, so they did return to Denmark Um the following year, possibly due to the losses, uh, also due to the fact that a famine had hit the British Isles and a lot of continental Europe. In right. The
1: Again, Ethelred uh, would have got some of the blame for this famine. So yeah. uh, Viking raids, famine, moraine in the cattle, uh, mm. this was all blamed on him getting the crown unjustly. Unjustly from, from his reign. brother. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so uh, it just continues more and more. It's a non-stop story of sort of Viking raids. Oh, there's another one
0: in uh, 1007. In in, um, 1008, the Britons, they built a brand spanking new fleet of warships. Yeah like, going, enough is enough, we're going to combat these raids, build yep. these new warships. But unfortunately, one of their commanders took to piracy. Right. Um, so, Ethelred and his advisors couldn't risk this fleet in action. Yeah. No, well, you couldn't um, rely on anyone back then, could you? No, no. 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 Then uh, a Danish army in 1009 arrived, led by Thorkel the Tall. Okay. Uh, who presumably <laughs> was tall.
1: That's good, yeah. This yeah. is one
0: of those I- ironic...
1: Oh, maybe, maybe it was like, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe he's you know, really short. They're no, just been. taking maybe the mickey out of his really head. Yeah, stop maybe, calling me the tool. I can't help my heart. Um,
0: he landed in Sandwich in Kent yeah. and marched towards Canterbury, but they were paid off by the people of Kent. So they turned around and went to London instead, but Londoners are well hard, so they fought them off repeatedly. Two years later, they went back to Canterbury and held it under siege for three weeks. They took the Archbishop of Canterbury hostage um during his captivity, the Archbishop spent his time converting a load of the captors to Christianity, which I think is quite nice. You know, you have been kidnapped, you might yeah, as well yeah. get something done. Um, the Vikings demanded a ransom for the Archbishop, but the Archbishop refused to let his people pay the invaders. Yeah, And so he ended up being murdered during a f- drunken feast in Greenwich. OK. Now, Thorkell the Tall tried to actually prevent his murder, even though it was his people doing it. He knew that that's bad diplomacy to okay. murder the Archbishop yes, of Canterbury. Definitely. And um, he felt bad about it. So he carried the corpse back to London and he was very disillusioned, felt his men were out of control. So he defected to Ethelred, okay. and he took 45 Viking ships with him. Right, it's quite for a couple of years. Then in 20, 2013, not in 2013, in 1013, yeah. that's a typo in my notes. Yeah. In 1013, the old King Swain of Denmark crops up again. Right, and he decides it's time now to invade and crown himself king of England. Right, he's going to do the prop. None of these little raids on the coast he's now. Gonna,
1: he's going to take the whole country
0: now. He's going to come in, and it was more successful than any previous raids. Um, and by the end of of that year, he'd conquered the country and driven Ethelred into exile. In so Ethelred
1: went went to France. He went to France. He packed. He was all packed. He was ready. Yeah, he was all at his shoes on. <laughs> he was ready. Uh, yeah. totally
0: contradictory. He'd come in, Ethelred. Yeah, yeah. King Swain took it upon himself to be king of England. But in February the following year, 1014, Swain died. Okay. And the Danes swore their allegiance to his son, who was Canute. Ah, famous yeah, King can Canute. That, King Canute, the great.
1: Now spelled C-N-U-T. T.
0: Yeah, never used to be. It used to be C-A-N-U-T-E. Yeah, it?
1: which is a lot less, you know. A lot uh, less worrying. Yeah, a lot less likely to trip up on that one. Yes. It's like the FCUK logo gone yeah, a bit far. So Canute is a famous one, of course, who was like, oh, I can turn back the tide. Turn back the tide. Well, that, was, that was a bit of bad PR as well. He was actually proving to his nobleman that he couldn't. Stop the tide. Right. And now in history it's like, oh Canute thinks he can stop, stop the tide. The t- That's yeah. not what I was saying, guys. Yeah, I was saying the opposite, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Danes in Britain swore their allegiance to Canute the Great, but a deputation by English noblemen was sent to Ethelred to try and negotiate his restoration to the throne. So they basically went to Ethelred in Normandy and said, Okay, look, you know, we want you back as king, but on these conditions, yep. you have to swear your loyalty to us, the noblemen, and you have to forgive us anything that we did to you in the past. Blimey. So, so get that or, get they our were the jail terms. free card. And it was the first ever recorded pact be- between a king and his subjects. Oh, ever, that's cool. Well, that's right, quite, so that's sig- quite interesting.
1: historically significant.
0: So Ethelred launched an expedition against Canute and right. his allies. In Britain, the only people who really supported Canute uh, were the people of the kingdom of Lindsay, which is now North Lincolnshire basically yeah. With the help of the King of Norway, Ethelred retook London and right. other parts of the country. And Canute withdrew in April 1014. Um, but, of course, he left the people of Lindsay to deal with oh, Ethelred's yeah. revenge. So you've got these people in North Lincolnshire who were pro-Canute.
1: Yeah.
0: Canute buggers off. Yeah. Ethelred's right, uh, oh, pro-Canute, were you? So, right. obviously, yeah, he's that's, going that's to deal with it. them quite harshly. In 1016, Ethelred's son from his first marriage, Edmund Ironside, remember yeah, him? Yeah, remember him in the before. wheelchair, yeah. He revolted against... His father. This happened quite a lot back then, I Æthelred. think. Ethelred. It yeah. used to happen quite a lot. Yeah. And he established himself in the Danelaw. So right. he went over to the Danes. Um, and the Danelaw were angry with Ethelred and with Canute, actually, because these people of Lindsay that supported Canute had just been abandoned to Ethelred. Right. So Edmund took their side. And over the next few months, Canute conquered most of England.
1: So Canute is king of England.
0: Edmund Ironside goes back to his dad, Ethelred, yep. uh, helps him defend London, but Ethelred dies on the 23rd of April, 1016, and was buried in the Old St. Paul's Cathedral. Right. Uh, the tomb and his monument obviously were destroyed, along with the cathedral and the Great, the Great Fire Christ. of London in 1666.
1: But Canute was king of England and Scandinavia, which is a... Well, very, it, well there's yeah. a,
0: subsequently, there was a war between Edmund and Canute, which ended in a decisive victory for Canute at the Battle of Ashington on the 18th of October, 1016. Canute becomes king of England. Edmund Ironside's reputation as a warrior was such with Canute that he did agree to divide England with him. So Edmund took Wessex and Canute, the rest of the country, uh, beyond the Thames. Right. And then, However, then, Edmund died on the 30th of November and Canute became king of the whole country.
1: So that's how Canute ended up being this sort of uh, uh, super state, this sort of Viking super state that yeah. involved Denmark and England and was a great Scandinavian ruler. But um, Ethelred has got a very bad reputation in history. Uh, uh, yeah. Churchill's history of the English-speaking people said he was feckless, yeah. useless, whatever.
0: I think uh, there's a, I like, I sort of call it the Blair effect. There's that, you know, overall remembered as... Yeah, as uh, the things that were bad. Yeah, but he did do some good things. Yeah, yeah. Um, coinage reform apparently was good. I don't yeah, there's um... um, and is credited for sort of. Forming the the template for the modern jury, I did read about
1: that. That would be a major sort of reform if that came from him. But apparently there were similar systems in mainland Europe as well. But he's mainly remembered as weak and indecisive and giving in to bullies. But his history was written after he died. And so that was all written in retrospect without the king around to say, you've got to make it good about me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But uh, longest serving Saxon king. Yep. put the connections down you know by marrying Emma of Normandy gave birth to Edward the, the Confessor, Confessor and the then that, then eventually Edward the Confessor died in 1066 yep. and that would of course lead to the Norman you had invasion. Harold Godwinson and yeah. then you had, and then, then you had uh, William the Conqueror yeah. so um, a significant king but not one that we you know, know much about know much. Really talk I have about. to say a lot of the stuff in the book is about land grants to monks yeah, God, it was a lot yeah
0: which like I didn't that. think was no. particularly
1: interesting no. for this no. podcast, unless that's your area this, of interest unless that's what you get offered but I suppose that's yeah. the establishment of the monasteries in before henry 8th came along and disestablished, and disestablished them, yeah. them. <laughs> but it was a big deal back then of how much land you gave to monks and nuns and stuff and yeah. whether you gave them their own freedoms um but that was the my main source was the um levi roach book yeah um there was actually an opera in one act opera in new york about Edward was really? yeah. yeah i never saw it but i can't imagine that was a rave up I mean,
0: um, british people know nothing about him i'm no. amazed that in new york anyone I know. gave a toss weird, about weird, Edward weird source material
1: but Saxons generally very interesting period. You know, that's when we lay down the shire system for Britain. I think, that's I think why I did from. so much
0: background for this was because yeah. I knew nothing really yeah. about that period, and it is really interesting. i I going to do more reading, John. Well, that's good it's if it's led beyond. you it's ah, it really to more is. about the Saxons. Yeah. So we've
1: got the shires, and they their local um, legal sort of officers with the reeves, mm. and they were the shire reeves, and it's mm. from that we get the word sheriff. Sheriff. Oh, there
0: so, you go. Um, and the and the development of the shires is of course still essentially how we're divvied up today. Yeah, yeah. So Accounting it is until, a really yeah. important time.
1: So I think these are um, tumultuous times, the Dark Ages. They were not only dark because we have very little historical reference mm. to them, we have very few sources, but um, they were also very dark times politically with yeah. lots of invasions, murders. And that was yeah. when the basic uh, original sort of template of the British people put down Anglo-Saxon with just a dash of Viking as Tony Hancock would have yeah. said <laughs> um, but of course the British DNA has changed a lot more ever since and then invasion yeah. and uh, occupation and well not occupation but invasion and immigration has continued uh, mm. right up to this day that is that is uh, that is story uh, of Ethelred the, the Unready, unready. Thank you, Ethel Red. Thank you for entertaining yeah. us for an hour or so.
0: Do do give us a tweet. If you've got anything to say about that? Give at us, We Are Pods. Yeah,
1: and um, uh, follow us on, on on Twitter. Give us five stars. Share the podcast with your friends. Yes,
0: please. Do tell people about it. Do spread the word. If you're enjoying it, tweet about it. Yeah. Do those things because, um, yeah, we want people to find us. Exactly. We're not hiding.
1: We're not hiding. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Catch you, <laughs> See next, you time. next
0: time. you next time.